And good Saturday morning. Welcome into the final outdoor show of 2020. Hopefully 2021 is going to get a lot better. Well, how are your holidays going? How was Christmas? And looking forward to New Year. It's a busy time to get into the great outdoors. And as a tradition, a lot of you know, you've been waiting for this. The last show of the year, we do the baddest of the bad boys selection. I'll have the nominees for you. Get ready to cast your vote for the one that you think is deserving that honor. Also, have you seen the the Bayou Wild 100th episode? It's airing now, and it'll be airing through next Sunday. I'll run down a little bit of a preview for you. Hope you've got a chance to see it. We're very proud of it. And if you happen to find a shiny new reel or rifle under the tree, we're going to help you put it into good use. We've got live reports coming in from all across the coastal area. Try to get you out there on a chilly, chilly morning. Well, I just returned from a, a Christmas week in Kansas, pheasant hunt. And along the way, had a very special meeting in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And that whole story began with a painting. And I'll tell you that story coming up just a little bit. Also, don't forget, uh, while you're casting your vote, text us your questions, reports, and comments. The number to do it is 504-260-1870. That's 504-260-1870. And these are the bad boys. What we did was we narrowed it down to the top four, the baddest four of the year 2020, and we're asking you to make the selection. This is an audience selection of the baddest of the bad. You can vote either by the number or the name. Case number one, the case of the caught-on-trail camera. Joey DeVille of LaSalle Parish was arrested for numerous nighttime deer hunting violations, trespassing, drug possession, and being a convicted felon in possession of a firearm. He's looking at 20 years in jail and up to $6,950 in fines. 49-year-old Joey DeVille of LaSalle Parish is number one. Number two case from the Bayou Gosh Road, nighttime laser scoped with a kid along, convicted felon with a firearm, deer hunter Israel Williams of Booty, Louisiana, faced with 85.50 in criminal fines and up to 20 years in prison. That's 36-year-old Israel Williams, a bad boy number two. Case number three. The threat to wildlife killer, part of a team that was illegally, illegally killing wildlife, and that also included a, a juvenile, Daniel Smith was charged with, among other violations, night hunting with illegal weapons from a moving vehicle on a public road out of season, illegally killing a protected bald eagle, a hawk, turkeys, four deer, plus criminal mischief. He's facing fines and restitution, get this number, $116,999 in a year in federal prison. 18-year-old Daniel Smith of Homer, Louisiana, is bad boy number three. And case number four, the case of the hidden bear collar. Took three years to solve it, whereby Michael White was charged with illegally killing and concealing a protected Louisiana black bear. He attempted to dispose its tracking collar and is now facing $11,900 in fines and restitution and 120 days in jail. 62-year-old Michael J. White of Generette is bad boy number four. So there are four cases. Uh, You can cast your vote at 504-260-1870. Give us case number one, two, three, or four or the bad boy name, and we'll add it into the totals. And before we go off the air, we'll announce the baddest of the bad for the year 2020.
All right, if you're headed out, uh, my suggestion, unless you're deer or duck hunting, uh, if you're fishing, might want to give it a little bit of a delayed start. We've got a cold start this morning. Temperatures in the high 20s to the end up in the high. The high for today will be in the mid to high 50s. But we've got some high 20s, a little below freezing temperatures out there across the Gulf Coast. Offshore today, you're looking at northeast winds 5 to 10, 2 to 4 feet offshore. Inside, southeast winds only 5 knots in smooth conditions. Tomorrow, southeast winds out of uh, the south at 10, uh, southeast to south, 5 to 10 knots, about a foot. So that's great conditions for offshore. Too bad there's not a whole lot open right now. Southeastern uh, winds on the interior lakes and bays, 5 to 10 in smooth conditions. And uh, no rain in sight, so pretty much a beautiful forecast except for those chilly chilly temperatures when you start off. Average tide rain is good, 1.2. That's rocking and rolling. Mississippi River, 4.5 feet and falling. That's also some good news. So climactic-wise, you're looking pretty good. Just got to bundle up and or maybe give it a little bit of a late start. We'll be back to talk to Robbie Campo, get the fishing report from the air from the Shell Beach St. Bernard Complex right after this time out. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don DeVue, Radio Network. All right, the votes are coming in for the baddest of the bad. Get yours in at 504-260-1870. In the meantime, you'll listen to some fishing reports. The first one up is Robbie Campo. We talked to him down in Shell Beach at Campo's Marina. Robbie, this was kind of a rough weather week. Did you get enough people out to kind of get a a trend of anything that's going on? Because it's going to be nice conditions today once it warms up a little bit. Well, you know, Don, um, earlier in the week, um, it doesn't really set the tone for what's going to happen for the weekend. Uh, you know, but, but earlier in the week, some trout were caught, uh, you know, up in St. Malo and, you know, the, uh, up Stump Lagoon over by, by Muscle Bay. And, you know, the water had warmed up. It was in the 50s. And it was trying to catch, it was catching those fish like on a thermal layer on the edge of the, on the, on the edge of those holes, on the edge drop off, some fishing on oyster reefs. But, um, you know, the latter part of the week is usually what, you know, lets us know what's, you know, kind of gives us an idea of what's going to happen for Saturday morning. And the last two days here, you know, we had rain and it's been cold and blowing and what have you. And, well, we got calm conditions this morning. Um, I, the water looks really dirty in the bayou here, so I'm, I'm taking it, you know. But I tell you, Don, I wouldn't I wouldn't let that stop me from fishing. I would still, because we've managed plenty of marsh bass that's being caught around here from, you know, up in Gallego and Lena Lagoon. Um, you know, back up in St. Malo, all the way up to the wall in Chalmette. Um, you know, if I was gonna if I was gonna try to go do some fishing this morning, I think I'd wait a little bit because it's you know it's really cold out still. Uh, it was 37 driving down here this morning. You know, and the water temperatures uh, you know around 49 degrees this morning. So I'd let that water temp let that sun come up a little bit before I think I'd head on out. Um, this is gonna be a cold boat ride no matter what. <laughs> I think I let that sun get up a little bit, you know, get a later start. But uh, I mean, you have all day to fish, and it's going to be nice. Um, what they've been catching these bass on is that uh, shrimp creole matrix shad. Boy, they've been wearing it out, man. Um, plenty of bass being caught along the rocks here and sheephead. So I, I, there's 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 a mixed box to be caught today. I, I really believe that. So I mean, if today's your day to fish. Um, you know, Don, hey, come on down and hang, hook the left at the bridge and come on down and see us. I mean, we're going to, we still have some live shrimp on hand. It's amazing that any of them live 
the last two days with it being as cold as it was and such you know low tide. Um, and that's another thing. I know we got a, a pretty good tide range today, but I think this morning if I was going to go run because uh, I had been having some people wanting to go down to the Long Rocks and go out through that sheephead, that meat run out there by the by the cut, I would not take the Spalls Canal. Spalls Canal is out for this morning. I would not do that because uh, when you get to the other end it's going to be really, really shallow on that other end. I don't know if you could cross it this morning. I really don't. Um, I would take uh, Bayer Lucha through Bakers and run out through Bay Elwha if that's what you was going to plan to do today because um, that water is really low. It's not as low as it was yesterday, but it's still low. I wouldn't chance it. So um, <clears throat> with that said, you know, because I've been having a lot of people been going out there and doing that, going out there by the cut and catching just a boatload of sheephead, and like I said, no limit, no size limit, and they really taste good, so they go out there catching all these. You know, it's a it's a three eight ounce jig head with a with tipping with dead shrimp. It's it's a no brainer. It's easy to do. So and then it's pulling on. You know, you got something pulling on the line. So that's what people like. Hey, I'm all about it. Go get them. Robbie, you know, uh, the other thing that happens when we get conditions like this, and you can tell me if this is cold enough, but, you know, we have that phenomenon that takes place right there in Bayou Lutra. When it gets real cold, the redfish stack up because the water's deeper in the bayou than the surrounding marshes, and people can do really good and catch a limit off the bank. Got to kind of weed through them, usually a lot of small ones in there. But if you would, tell us if any of that is happening, and do you have some dead shrimp market bait because that's all you need for that, and also maybe a word of caution about, you know, Pick your spot right. Don't go on somebody's private property without permission, and by well, all means, well, pick Don, up your litter, you know? Yeah, well, I don't think that that it got that cold, because uh, usually when that happens, man, it's, it's you know, it's brutally cold. But um, it would be something to try this morning. Um, and, you know, Don, usually when that happens over here in Shell Beach Bayou, uh, going to the Lake Bourne and over the Lutz Canal, you know, they pretty they, those are two pretty deep bayous, and... Um, and the same thing happens there. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, you know, those redfish get out that marsh and they go and they, you know, if you're in a boat and they settle down in the same in that in that you know that deeper water, and um, you know it, it happens the same thing over here because it's got oyster shell bottoms in both of these both of these bayous here. So um, that'd be something to consider if you if you're going out and try to you know try to catch some redfish this morning. Um, I'm not saying that they're there. I don't I don't know. You know, because I, I haven't had anybody catch him like that, but it would be something to try this morning to go over, you know, just across the channel there and and fish the middle of the bayou on the bottom and see if those redfish are in there. Because you you know the water is low enough that they they would come out of that marsh and go settle down in that in that deeper water, you know, because it's warmer on the bottom than it is on the top. So uh, that would be something to you know keep in mind this morning also. All right, good report, Robbie. One more thing before you go. Uh, next time I talk to you, it'll be 2021, and that will be after the New Year's Eve and New Year's Day holidays. Uh, what's your hours there at the marina if somebody wants to come fishing on either of those days? Well, our hours are uh, right now, Donna, we, we're from 5 in the morning to 5 in the evening, and we'll be like that until time changes, and when the time changes, goes back to daylight savings time again, so, you know, when it gets later, you know, Talk or later, uh, we'll, go, we'll switch back to six o'clock. And you'll be open New Year's Day and New Year's Eve. Um, you know, if not, I'll have it posted <laughs> on our website. I, 
I think so. I think we are. I'm not even really sure. I'll tell you. I really don't even know. I'll have to go find out. <laughs> but uh, kind of snuck but, up. Look, with I will keep everybody. I will keep everybody up to date on 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 the on the store hours here. So I promise you on that. I will let you know. All right. Sounds good, Robbie. Have right, a happy guys. new year right, and. Guys. uh Thank you for thank you for keeping our listeners advised with really good, safe, and sound and fishing information all year long. We appreciate it. Well, well thank you, Don. And uh, you know, uh, again, Merry Christmas to everybody out there. And uh, and you know, be safe. Talk to y'all guys next Saturday morning. All righty. Thank you, Robbie. All right, we come back after this. It's time to talk a little bass fishing. Jeff Rule's going to join us. He's picked out several good spots for you to try: Venice, the Atchafalaya Basin. And also, Chef Pass, become one of the premier bass fishing just like Robbie was talking about. We're back right after this. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And our bass fishing report with Jeff Brule is a presentation of Berkeley, a division of pure fishing. And you might have found some stocking stuffers from this company. I'm talking fishing line, mono, braid, fluorocarbon, whatever you use, all those accessories, catfish flippers, hand scales, fillet knives. If it has anything to do with fishing, especially rods and reels, Berkeley has it, a division of pure fishing. Good morning, Jeff. Let's talk about some of the cold water starting spots this morning. What can you tell people who want to get out and use those shiny new rods and reels for bass? Where should they go and how should they use them? Well, last weekend we went back down to Venice, and it it was good but tough. Uh, The Mississippi River is pushing some very cold water into the passes and bayous around the area. We were hit with water temperatures in, in the high 40s. And really, the weather wasn't all that cold, so I could imagine this weekend it is maybe even a little bit lower. But we punched vegetation with one ounce, one ounce weights, and then the sparser cover we which put like a half ounce weight. That seemed to, to work the best. Uh, we caught about thirty to forty bass a day around the Venice area. Uh, something just with orange in it, any kind of crawfish or creature bait that's got a little bit of orange flake or just an orange plastic coloring on it. it seemed to be good we seem to do better on anything orange and we had a young angler eight-year-old uh, brock fonts was with us we gave him a spinning rod and told him to kind of pitch it up on the bank and all of a sudden he complains i'm hung well it wasn't a stick or a rock it was about a three and a half pound bass it line started moving off and luckily the fella got it in the boat and biggest fish of the day so it's just fun stuff they get fishing down there and watch them catch a bass in business that's a great story. Jeff, how about the Atchafalaya? River's getting about right now. It is. It's about two and a half, two point four feet at Morgan City. Uh, but you just need to find the right spots. Uh, you know, with this water getting colder, your dead ends are kind of where you need to start. Slow down your presentation. Uh, Texas rigs, jigs, uh, slow-moving spinner baits. That's kind of a good place to start. But you also want to look for cover, grass, wood, maybe a lay-down log or even stumps, things like that, things that – kind of heat up in the sun that they usually hold a few fish and if, if you can find some float vegetation that's another good uh thing to fish they say the soccer report's pretty decent they fishing outside grass beds in the dead ends and that's where you want to check first and about three to four feet under cork if you can find the, the water depth to do that in down there in the basin but ports are decent um you know the whole area uh the water's low enough where you can go fish just about anywhere you just have to Kind of go hunt them, and when you can find them, usually you can catch a few few good fish. 
Yep, and it's a great time, a uh, prime time, really, for Sokolay coming around. Uh, Chef Pass. Now, this has become an area that's become popular for bass. I mean, it was always had a few bass there, but not like it's been in the last several years. Tell us where someone should go there if they're looking for some of those marsh bass. Uh, it's kind of um, the Pearl River down to Violet, all the way down to Delacro, down to Venice. It's basically the whole stretch of that marsh area from from that spot is loaded with bass. Now, you know, you're not going to catch five pounders everywhere you'll catch a couple big fish but for the most part they're all about 12 to 14 inches you know good something if you wanted to take a few home to eat that that would be fine they're, they're good eating fish but you know, what you're looking for is uh, drains when the tide's falling any kind of outside bend when the tide is rising and you you working uh switch from shrimp imitations uh to uh more bait fish imitations more fish type things you have uh like you said, jig heads with a matrix on the end is good. Uh, small swim baits uh, and the favorite plastics and dead sticking things like soft jerk shads or, or uh, flukes or sinkos, things like that. They're not moving very much. And you want to hit it around the grass and the points and uh, just keep hunting them. But usually if you find the bayou, you're going you're gonna to find a limit of fish in it. That's really pretty good. If you find clean water and moving water, you can go just about anywhere down there and catch fish. Jeff, do you check salinities while you're fishing? Do you keep a meter I with don't. you on the boat? Or... You know, I don't. I think that uh, would be interesting to, to use a, a salinity meter to find out, you know, because here's my theory uh, on the reason why there's so many bass in those areas that really weren't that prolific before. Mississippi River spillway diversions are putting a lot of bass there, and obviously they're not dying or leaving when the water gets a little salty. I think they're being able to adjust to it and perhaps reproducing in it, particularly when we're catching bass and there's eggs in them in those areas. So I, I think that what's happening is maybe the species is becoming a little bit saltwater tolerant, you know, at least brackish water. And uh, I don't know if there's been any studies done on that, but I'd like to invite the listeners who, who read salinities to maybe let us know what the uh, highest salinity area you found bass in and, and what they can take. I know the Pearl River's been high for, I don't know, five to six years now. I mean, real real high, just like the Mississippi. And it's dumped a whole lot of fresh water down in that area. And it kind of cuts off the uh, salt water that's coming in when the, the, the river's muddy like that. So uh, I think the, the salinity level is probably a little lower, lower than normal, say if you had a drought or something like that where the salt water came in. But, yeah, they can handle they can handle the salt water, brackish water, pretty good. I now, the reproduction part, I think it's got to be fairly fresh, but they can get back up in some of those ponds and those areas that a boat can't get to, and I think they can reproduce enough to uh, supply because, uh, you know, sometimes we go down there and catch 60, 80, maybe 100 a trip, and, and they're not big, you know, pound average, basically. But, they, I mean, there's just tons of bass in those areas. Jeff, water temperatures are dropping. They're going to drop even more before they get back up to warming again. Tell us some advice for fishing bass in cold water. Uh, when it gets low, a very slow presentation will catch a lot more fish. and It's often called dead sticking. Basically, the bait's sitting on the bottom with just a semi-slack line, and you don't put a lot of action on it. Basically, you either slowly drag it or just let it sit there just as long as you keep contact with it. And unless you move it... Uh, the better. Now, you can drift it with a current if you're using, say, some type of weightless rig, uh, but usually a light, light sinker if the wind allows you and the current's not too strong. It just takes patience, but a lot of times, you know, this time of year we call it cigarette smoking because guys will basically throw it out, 
smoke a cigarette, and then they'll hop their bait the next time. That's how slow they fish. And, and always, if you think you're fishing slow, slow down even more because you, you're probably not. Because I see a lot of guys out in the marsh, and they're working it like it's the summertime, and they're not getting bites, and it's hard for them to understand why. But slow down and just dead stick it, throw it out in the middle of the bayou, let it sit for a second, reel it back up, throw it back out again, and keep repeating the process. And you'll get a slow, slow presentation that will catch a lot of fish. Very good. Great advice, Jeff. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And thanks for your reports all year long. We appreciate those coming and and people taking advantage of that info. All right, Jeff, thanks again. We'll uh, talk to you uh, next time. Talk to you next time. Have a happy new year. You too. Thanks, Don. All right, Jeff Brule, our bass and freshwater field reporter. Coming back right after this, going to update you on our baddest of the bad boy. Have you cast your vote yet? I'm going to run them down for you again. And you can dial us up at 504-260-1870 and shoot us a text. Simple as voting for number one, two, three, or 4, or by name or by case. Back with that right after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. It was three years ago this month when myself and Martha Spencer and Chris LeCock first started Bayou Wild TV. We are now in our sixth season and beginning our I guess I'd say our fourth year of bringing you outdoor adventures, sportsmanship, heritage, things about the culture, uh, trying to be a little bit unique and different. And right now on air, if you haven't seen it, is our 100th episode of Bayou Wild, and it's a compilation of the highlights of some of the first 100. It was very difficult to pick out uh, the shots and scenes and shows that we had used. And if you if you get your interest peaked on any one of these short videos that you happen to see on this week's show, you can go back and watch that whole episode. They're all posted on the website at BayouWildTV.com. But there's cooking features with Chef John Foltz, uh, Martha Spencer's very first deer. It happened on our very first show. Uh, we also have Dutch Prager and Mike Gallo, who you'll hear coming up just a little bit later on. Uh, people like DJ Rhett going gator hunting, Big Frida going gar fishing with Deadly Dudley, uh, sports icon, uh, broadcaster Jim Henderson fishing, uh, Will Clark helping hunters for the hungry, uh, the team that landed Louisiana's biggest fish ever, uh, we also have the Nutria hunting, uh, Queen Bess Island pelicans, uh, Salty Chicks, uh, South Dakota, Alaska, Cajun Invasions. It's all into one show. Tune it in. It's uh, going to be running through next Sunday on all of our regular airings. And if you don't know where to find it, go to our website, BayouWildTV.com, and you can find it on a station near you, or you can always watch it on YouTube channel. All right, right after this quick pause, I'm coming back, and we'll run down those bad boys nominees again for you. But first, we pause 10 seconds for our local stations to identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. I guess we should have some bad boys music for this, and maybe our our, our engineer, uh, Doug Christian, can get that for us. But anyway, I'm going to run those cases down again and ask you to cast your vote by texting us your favorite or the, whoever you feel should get the honor. Yeah, there it is. Case number one, caught on the trail camera, Joey DeVille, LaSalle Parish. Numerous nighttime deer violations. He was trespassing, had drugs, and a convicted felon in possession of a firearm. Looking at 20 years in jail and almost $7,000 in fine. That's case number one, Joey DeVille. Number two, on Bayou Gosh Road, using a nighttime laser scope with a juvenile, also a convicted felon with a firearm, Israel Williams of Bootee, 8550 in criminal fines, 20 years in prison was the max, 36-year-old Israel Williams, bad boy number two. 
Case number three, the threat to all wildlife. Uh, Daniel Smith charged with, among other violations, too numerous to mention. He was night hunting with illegal weapons from a vehicle moving on a public road out of season, killed a protected bald eagle, a hawk, wild turkeys, and four deer, all illegally, plus criminal mischief and facing fines and restitution of $116,999 and a year in federal prison. That would be 18-year-old Daniel Smith of Homer, not Homer, Louisiana, bad boy number three. Case number four, the hidden bear collar. Took three years to solve it, but Michael White was finally charged with illegally killing and concealing a protected Louisiana black bear. He attempted to dispose of its tracking collar and facing $11,900 in fines and restitution and 120 days in jail as 62-year-old Michael J. White of Jonorette, Louisiana, bad boy number four. Cast your vote, 504-260-1870. You can do it by number, name, or case, and we'll tally them up and announce the winner at the end of the show. Coming back right after this, going to tell you a story of my Christmas week in Kansas. A little special story I'd love to share with you. Stick around. We're back right after this three-minute pause on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, we got a fishing report from Grand Isle area with Daryl Carpenter coming up, and also I'll, we'll get to the Kansas Christmas week. But I want to get to your text message. We've got a lot of them coming in. I've got uh, several. Oh, just the, the, the votes are coming in. we got a landslide going on election. I'll update you on that. Uh, we got one that says, who in the hell kills the national bird? Uh, we got another one that says, I think I have to go with that number three, killed all the different game, even an eagle. That's from our friend the Irish Coonass. And we got more texts coming in, and we have, uh, let's see, this one says, I canceled our hunts today, extremely low tide, let my guys run the show for the week. I'm headed to Matagorda Bay, Texas. Yeah, this is the time of the year where I catch those big specks uh, off the Matagorda Bay. Good luck to you. Not sure who that is, but. Don't recognize the number. Here's one. Uh, Merry Christmas. Taking the big rig to Montgomery today. Glad you are in the crab, the cab with me. That's the River Rat. Thanks for the ride, River Rat. Love to travel with you. Here's one. Uh, Ariel from the Johnson Bayou area. Headed out this morning. Uh, go after a few ducks in the deep Bayou Road area. Had a great Christmas day. Safety first always. Continuing the celebrations with the friends and family. Uh, in the blind this morning. Hope everyone has a good morning in hot barrels. Talking about shotgun barrels. That uh, sounds like you're having a great typical holiday weekend. Get out with the family and enjoy some great outdoor activity. All right, here's one says uh, they're also rotten. It's like voting for president. And we've got Justin in the refuge. He said, last week you mentioned the correct term, murder of crows. The next day, a murder of crows by the hundreds landed in a tree in my backyard. That was a good sign of things to come. Yeah, Justin resides in what we call the Gentilly Wildlife Area. And, uh, he had a murder of crows, which is uh, the term used for a horde, I guess, of crows for another one. All right, here's someone that is working this weekend and wanted to wish me and everyone a happy new year. Let's pray it's better than the last one. I'm with you on that. And let's see, that kind of gets our text messages caught up. If you want to shoot us one and cast your vote for the baddest of the bad boys of the outdoors for the year 2020, it's uh, you can do that at uh, 504-260-1870. Oh, that's Mike Smith uh, that's going down, down to Matagorda Bay. Oh, he's not fishing, though. I, I was thought that was a little strange. He's going to hunt pintail, 
Redheads and Widgeon in Texas. Mike, send me some pictures and let me know how you do. That, of course, is the five-time state duck-calling champion, Mike Smith, that operates Louisiana Duck Hunts. Yeah, uh, water's going to be a problem in a lot of areas. We had pretty good tidal range. Plus, we got those northwest winds that really blew through the uh, last couple of days, and that certainly pushed a lot of the water up. All right, here's one that says, good morning. Always love your show and your commitment to wildlife conservation. A belated Merry Christmas, happy and healthy, and COVID-free New Year to you and yours. That's Bill Smith from not-so-warm-to-land Florida. Yeah, the Gulf Coast is pretty chilly. Uh, You know, my co-host for Bayou Wild TV, Martha Spencer, is up in Connecticut right now. She went home for a Christmas visit, and it's actually warmer there than it is here. Can you believe that? It's also colder here than it is in Haven, Kansas, where I just returned from. We actually had one day we got to hunting shirt sleeves up there, hunting pheasants. And uh, I got that story I'll be back to tell you about. We're going to do that right after the top of the hour because after this break, when we come back, you go and we got him. Daryl Carpenter, update us on uh, what is the warm spot for the morning. I think the last I saw it was about 47 degrees down in Grand Isle. Back with his fishing report right here on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Well, this past Monday was the first day of winter, and a frontal system came through, dropped a bunch of rain, some northwest wind, and then the temperatures dropped. She looks like she's right on time. Darrell, what's that going to mean for folks fishing down in the Grand Isle Lafourche area? Uh, Don, it, it's been that gum cold and windy, and of course that that wind blowing over that water always has a bite. But the thing that this front did, you know, pre-front we did get some water back. <clears throat> Uh, this front, though, like the last couple, have really made this drop of water. So, though, I mean, I'm looking at mudflats in places that I've never seen mudflats before. So, you know, you can tell Mother Nature's moving some of this mud around a little bit. But it's low, Don. It's low. It muddied it up. Um, the side of the road has been very good. Heck, this past week has been very good. Um, you know, but it did push the fish into the deep holes. Um, at least as our fish, the fish that we've been chasing, our redfish have been in very deep holes. Um, the trout have been a little bit hit and miss. Uh, I, I got a feeling we're just not traveling far enough north right now. Um, you know, kind of that, that little lake area, kind of halfway area between us and the feet is where a lot of the trout have been. Um, just you know, really tough fishing. We've had one or two days where it was nice and we did well. A lot of redfish and the sheephead are starting to gang up. Uh, because we were enticing the sheephead with it, we did a lot of fishing with bait shrimp, with dead shrimp. So, you know, that's been, it's been a good go-to this past week. Um, not a, I mean, not a whole lot of time on the water this week. I mean, with this virus and stuff, our, our tourism is, is way, way down. So, I mean, there hasn't been a whole lot of action to report. But a lot of that's because just not a whole lot of people on the water with the holiday. But uh, this front, this front lowered the water again. Of course, it's going to muddy it up for a day or two. But, man, this year our water has been staying remarkably good and clean. So I suspect today. So you give us a tide change or two, and that water should clear up, and hopefully we'll have one of those three- or four-day rebounds in between fronts, and, you know, there'll be some fish to get gotten. 
Daryl, uh, you spent a lot of years doing offshore trips. You don't do those anymore, but you do keep up with it. Uh, what can you tell someone that's interested in going offshore? Maybe they got a new boat even for Christmas, but we're looking at a forecast, particularly tomorrow. Southeast winds 5 to 10 and 1-foot seas, but it is December. What species could they find and what's open and how would you go out about finding them? Well, you know, if if you're rig-free offshore and you're ready to go, then I would say without a doubt this time of the year, it's time to go do some Wahoo fishing. I mean, it's and it was always one of those deals that as a charter boat we did some of, but we didn't do – it takes that special person to dedicate all day to doing nothing but pulling baits and trawling. Because you can go, you can go for hours. I mean, the definition of fishing is hours of boredom for moments of chaos, right? Uh, but you could go for you could go for hours and not hit the right spot, and then you find those wahoo ganged up somewhere, and it it can be every time you make a lap when you make a pull around a rig or whatever, you've got a, a a massive wahoo on the line. And this time of the year, we all know you got the prospects of of hundred pound plus. But uh, a combination of, of both diving baits, which was always my favorite, and or surface baits, make sure you rig them with wire because if you've never wahoo fished before, it's a good way to lose a couple hundred dollars worth of baits. Um, but, Don, I mean, if, if I had my druthers, that's what I'd be doing. I'd be wahoo fishing. And then just keep your eyes open for anything else that, that presents itself. I mean, you're in deep enough water that if you see tuna busting, you know, then it's time to switch gears and maybe do some chunking for tuna, maybe some top water action for tuna. But uh, other than that, I'd have to I really have it stayed fully abreast on it. I think we've still got some grouper stuff that's open. Uh, I believe the amberjack is still open for the year. Um, so, I mean, there's always some stuff to do. When you when you get into the shallower water this time of the year, there's not a whole lot. You're going to do a whole lot of red snapper. That's going to be catch and release. You hit the right platform, the right wreck. There could be a whole lot of those big three to four pound white trout out there. That's something that was always a plus this time of the year. You could top off a box, but uh, but other than that, most of your action is going to be deep. It's going to be your you know your good quality prize fish. How about mangrove snappers? Is water temperatures too cold for mangroves? Have they kind of moved off? Because you know you get three or four yep. guys on a boat, you're talking about you know thirty forty fish limit there. Right. We we always found that during the winter months, the mangroves tend to go deeper. Uh, whether they stay in the shallow water rigs and, and just go deeper, whether they move out to those deeper reefs. And the, the problem you've had there the last, what, the last 12, 15 years is that you're, you're catching so many red snapper in the mix with all of that, that it, the, the red snapper are so much more aggressive, or should I say more stupid, because mangroves are smart. That uh, that you know you're you're spending the entire day catching red snapper to hopefully catch one or two deep dwelling mangroves. Uh, you know we we always concentrated on them later in the year. Now, what if you're up for a catch and release fishery right now this time of year? Your close water rigs with that cold muddy water, it, there's going to be so many sharks around those rigs. So if it's one of those deals you just want to fight a big fish, possibly for three or four hours. Then go out there and put you a piece of dead bait on the on the surface or, or slightly below the surface, and you're going to find yourself fighting shark after shark after shark. Got it, Daryl. If somebody wants to get a hold of you and get the 2021 started off with a book trip for the spring or winter time, tell them how to reach you. Well, they can find me on your website at dondeoutdoorsguide.com. 
they can find us on Facebook, the social media sites, realscreamers.com, or just pick up the phone, 225-937-6288. All right, my friend, thanks so much for your reports all year. We really appreciate your dedication, and we'll look forward to catching you in 2021 next week. I'm, I'm going to hang up with you and finish reading the transcript from that whooping crane. That was getting interesting. <laughs> yes, it is. Thanks again, Daryl. Bye, Don. There he goes, Daryl Carpenter, Captain Daryl. All right, we come back. The Kansas story, I promise. Going to tell you that. Also get to your text messages and uh, give you another rundown on the baddest of the bad boys. If you're just waking up on a Saturday morning, we want your vote. Back with it after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And a thank you to Mr. Lynn Rollins and also Reed Alleman for seeing us and announcing us into hour number two of the Outdoor Show. Glad you're with us this morning, and we're in the middle of a, an election. We're letting you, the audience, as we do each year on the final show of the year, select the baddest of the bad boy. we got four cases picked out for you. We'd like you to pick the one you think is deserving of that honor. And you can cast your vote by texting us at 504-260-1870. I'll run them down for you again in a minute. But I did want to take a minute to tell you a little story of our family Christmas week in Kansas this week. Uh, it all started, uh, well, much earlier in the year uh, when I decided, uh, you know, myself, I've been raising and training bird dogs for quite a while. My daughter, uh, Cherie, who you've heard on this program many times, and her husband, Blake, uh, we, he's a very avid hunter, field trials, German short hair pointers. That's the dogs we use. And we've been making an annual trip to Kansas each year to hunt pheasants and sometimes chucker and quail. And we plan to go again this week, this year. And we did it during this Christmas week. And before that, I had uh, come across a lady by the name of Alice Chirac. Uh, she's an artist, uh, a very talented artist, uh, also a huntress, and been all over the world, actually. And I commissioned her to do a painting, a portrait of me, my son-in-law, and my daughter, Cherie, with our dogs on a typical pheasant hunt in Kansas. And she did a knock-out-of-the-ballpark job on it. And I won't get into all the, the problems I had in getting it shipped through the U.S. Postal Service, but it finally made it after uh, two months. I finally got it. It's a treasure. Uh, my plan is to keep it and then uh, give it to my daughter and son-in-law, and then they can pass it on to my granddaughter. And my granddaughter will be able to tell future generations who we were, what we enjoyed doing. Maybe by that time there won't even be any hunting. Who knows? But it'll be a keepsake in our family, and it's a real treasure, and I want to especially thank Alice. Well, on our trip up there this year to Kansas, we decided to meet up with Alice and her husband, Russ, uh, in Stillwater, where she lives. And we stopped there and had a great lunch. Uh, also, along was my hunting buddy, Janice, uh, proof it's never too late to start hunting, Lamont, uh, who was along for the trip with us, too. And uh, we had a great meeting, got to meet Alice. What a wonderful person, a very talented person. And you can see pictures of the painting and Alice and Russ and our crew on my Facebook page. Also, Sharia, my new dog, Smokey. I say new. She's three years old now. Uh, Janice with one of her pheasants. And also, Briley locked up on point with Blake. And uh, that's kind of the story of our Christmas week. And it's a very special time when our family gets to celebrate not only a holiday, but time together, enjoying something we all love. So maybe there's an idea in that for you there. Maybe you might want to take a little hint and maybe plan something like that on your own all right let me get to these bad boys again case number one caught on trail camera joey deville 
Uh, numerous nighttime deer violations. He was trespassing, had drugs. He's a convicted felon with a firearm. He's looking at 20 years in jail and almost $7,000 in fine. That's number one. Number two, on Bayou Gosh Road using a nighttime laser scope with a juvenile in tow, a convicted felon with a firearm by the name of Israel Williams of Booty uh, faced $8,550 in criminal fines, 20 years in prison, and is 36-year-old Israel Williams, bad boy number two, uh, the, the, the wildlife killer. Uh, he was part of a team. They had a juvenile along. Well, Daniel Smith seemed to be the ringleader. He was charged with a ton of violations, uh, including night hunting, illegal weapons, moving vehicle, public road, out of season, killed a protected bald eagle, a hawk, turkeys, four deer, and criminal mischief. Is that wasn't enough. His fines and restitution total 116999 and a year in federal prison. That is 18-year-old Daniel Smith of Homer, Louisiana. That's bad boy case number three. Number four, the hidden bear collar. Took it three years for wildlife agents to solve it, but they stuck with it, and they charged Michael J. White with illegally killing and concealing a protected black bear attempted to dispose of the tracking collar, and now facing $11,900 in fines and restitution and 120 days in jail is 62-year-old Michael J. White of Generet, Louisiana, bad boy number four. You got him. Now cast your vote, 504-260-1870. Before we go off the air, we'll tally him up for you and tell you who is the baddest of the bad for the year 2020. Coming back after this, it's Captain Mike Gallo, Angling Adventures of Louisiana, giving us a report on his areas, which include Lake Pontchartrain, Lake Bourne, North Biloxi Marsh, Chalmette, this wall, Mr. Go. He's got a boat, and he travels back with his report right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And that'll wake you up on a Saturday morning, huh? <laughs> to have you with us on this post-Christmas headed for the New Year 2021 show. And joining us is Captain Mike Gallo, Angling Adventures of Louisiana. Mike, I'm sure you had a pretty slow week fishing given the weather conditions that we had. But uh, what can you forecast for folks that may be headed out today? we got a good tidal range. There's going to be a lot of sunshine, light winds. But unfortunately, it's going to be cold unless they give a little bit of a late start. What are you saying uh, and suggesting that they try today? First of all, Merry Christmas to you and all you listeners, Don. I would certainly say that you would want to have a little bit of a later departure, let the sun come up and begin to warm the water. And this seems to be the type of temperatures where you'll find those fish in a lot of man-made canals. The Gohegan Canal, Lakeshore, Venetian Isles, Eden Isles, don't forget that the Intercoastal Waterway and the Mr. Go are man-made canals. And what those type of areas all seem to have in common is water depth that is consistent without a lot of current flow. So what our theory is is the water temperature gets cold and the trout get cold and they want to get down to a temperature that they can acclimate to, which is generally close to the bottom, and then not have to spend a lot of energy swimming against the current to just sit still. In other words, if the current's moving a mile an hour, the fish has to swim in a mile an hour facing into the current to basically sit still. 
So those man-made canals, especially the Venetian Isles and the Lakeshore Estates type of areas, some of that water is not moving at all, especially in dead-end canals and things like that. So they can sit on the bottom, get acclimated to the temperature. And, of course, if a nice matrix shad comes by nice and slow and presents itself, they certainly won't turn away from it. But generally they won't make a big effort to chase down anything. So it's the slower water that warms up middle of the day that will probably provide you your best opportunity to catch some fish. Boy, you made that matrix shad sound so good, I was about to take a bite out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wouldn't be the first. We've, we've caught many on those over the years. <laughs> yes, you have. Uh, Mike, as far as low water temperatures, you know, we know what it does to the trout. It maybe even suspends them, slows down that bite to where, like was Jeff was talking earlier, maybe dead sticking them. Uh, it also kind of affects redfish, but not to the same degree. What about sheephead? If somebody wants to go out to those bridges today and tomorrow when it's going to be kind of calm and flat and work, and we got a good tide range, how have you found sheephead to react to cold water? I don't think it slows them down much at all. No, there's actually a lot of species that the cold doesn't seem to affect near as much as it affects the speckled trout. Redfish are still very aggressive. Uh, they're in shallower water, so obviously that water temperature will warm up quicker with the sunlight. But um, sheephead and drum and flounder, even bass, are, it doesn't seem like, it seems like it's just business as usual for those particular species. A couple of weeks ago, I was in the Lakeshore Estates area, and we were, you know, it's the time of year where the trout should move into there, so I was doing a little scouting. Had a trip that kind of finished up early, and I said, hey, let's let's go see if we can find some trout in these areas. And my customers were staying the night, so it wasn't a big deal to um, go look for a little bit. But I simply idled in Lakeshore Estates area and monitored my depth finder. And I would see, you know, a bunch of fish located by a point or in a dead end or something like that. And we'd anchor up. We'd note how deep those fish were down. And we'd fish slip corks with live shrimp. And in three different areas, we caught sheephead. So it wasn't a big deal to find them. I'm sure if I'd have sat in any one of those areas... I probably could have caught 10 or 15 of them. Mike, you know, you have uh, found, like a lot of fishermen, that marsh bass have really become an important part of uh, your your area, which, you know, a lot of reasons for it, a lot of spillway diversions, a lot of bass coming in. I think they're actually adjusting a little bit to do better in, in brackish water. How is that adjusting your trips? Uh, you know, and the reason I'm asking you that for the average fisherman is, if people go out and they've got redfish and speckled trout or, or the sheephead, whatever, on their mind, and all of a sudden that's not working for them, uh, bass can, can save the trip. How do, you, how do you look with that with your customers as far as catching bass? Well, we certainly do the same thing that, that many other fishermen do. And you, you take that into consideration. When you're, for myself, when I'm communicating with my client the night before the trip or even when they book the trip, I'll make notes in my appointment book if they are a fisherman wanting to catch fish or they're specifically targeting a specific species. So if they're diehard trout fishing, they don't want anything other than trout, 
and we have a day like today, then we're probably going to have breakfast in the morning somewhere and maybe not even depart till 9 o'clock and try to fish that 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock time frame where you have the warmest water. But on the other hand, there's a lot of fishermen that may be in town visiting family around Christmas, and they simply want to get out, have a good time together, similar to what you did with your family hunting. You're all together enjoying an experience. So I do the same thing on the boat with a family, and they want to catch fish. So we'll head into the marsh first thing, see if we can catch redfish. If there's bass biting, that's fine, too. And if those fish are active enough to where we're going to catch them on a fairly consistent basis, then I don't have to change my strategy. We may drift by use all day till we catch what we need. But if they did want to mix, we might make two drifts to catch the bass and the redfish, and then we may move to an area where I think there's going to be some speckled trout because, as we said earlier, later in the day the water temperatures would warm up and we can attempt to catch some speckled trout. So you might just change your strategy. I do find the good thing is during the winter they will bite all day. So you may be better at lunchtime catching the trout than you would say in midsummer where the bite is generally at first light and then maybe later in the day towards dusk. Got it. Always a game plan when you go fishing. That sounds like a good one. Well, Mike, I know you're getting ready for your deer hunt. Good luck. Hope you bring back some venison. Uh, people can find you on my site at dontheoutdoorsguy.com, also on yours, aaofla.com. Uh, and when will that phone number be manned if they want to give you a call and look at reservations at the Spots and Dots Lake House Lodge and a fishing trip? Well, we're always manning the phones. You can leave a voicemail, and we'll call you back you know, whenever we can or as soon as we can to get your trips booked. And we are booking trips for 2021 now. So we're ready to take your call at any time. Don, I did want to tell you that I snapped a picture of your prayer to St. Hubert and sent it to my buddy, and they love it. They they just can't wait to put it in the deer camp. They're looking forward for me to come on down. I'll be down there later on and um they're really looking forward to it so um that's going to be a great addition to the deer camp that i've been hunting at for years i wish i wouldn't have waited so long to get it but they they really liked it i sent a picture to two of them and uh they're very appreciative it's going to make a good addition to their deer camp so thanks a lot um i'm so glad they like it mike thank you so much all right my friend uh have a happy new year we'll see you on the backside, and uh, good luck on the deer stand Sounds good, Don. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Mike's reports, by the way, are brought to you by Seato each week. You know them. They're like AAA on the water. Bring you fuel, tow you in, especially on these cold, cold situations. You don't want to be left in the marsh waiting on help. You get peace of mind is the main thing, $179 for an entire year. Call Captain Chris. He'll get you signed up, 504-301-4545, or you can do it all online at com. And we're back with, uh, we'll talk to Ryan Lambert and also update you on some of the text messages here at 504-260-1870. It's the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. 
And paddling and peddling for your fish has become so popular, we have a special report dedicated to it each week, and it's brought to you by the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club, along with Massey's Outfitters. You'll find them in the mid-city of New Orleans, Covington, Baton Rouge areas, with the best kayak fishing models from brands like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, and Native Watercraft. You can check out their website at MasseyOutfitters.com. You'll also find them on Facebook. And Brendan Bayard joins us now. And, Brendan, how are you spending your holidays? I'm sure you're squeezing a little bit of fishing in there along with the family and uh, celebratory stuff. Oh, yeah, we've been doing a little bit of fishing, Don. It's been really good. Uh, Today is one of those days where you could probably sneak up into a dead end or a deep hole and probably catch a nice mess of fish just uh, fishing in, in one of those deep spots where all the fish congregate on these cold mornings. Uh, it should be a good one out there if you can uh, get bundled up and with the right kind of clothes and, and get out there and, and get to it. You know, one thing uh, people need to consider on days like this is safety. You know, you roll a kayak in the summertime, uh, you get a little wet, you crawl back in, it was fun. Uh, not fun. You roll over today. You're in danger of hypothermia. Tell us some maybe extra precautions that you would take to make sure you're safe out there while you're paddling. Yeah, on a day like today, you know, if uh, especially if you're wearing waders and you fill those up with water, you need to get to the point where uh, you can unclip those waders really quickly and just kind of swim out of them. Some people wear a wading belt to keep the water from filling up the entire wader. Um, I always like to go with a buddy on a day like today. And usually these spots that I'm fishing are not going to be very far from the land. I'm going to pick spots where I can easily swim without my kayak, you know, maybe 20, 30 feet, uh, yards to the, uh, to the side. Um, you know, it could get really dangerous. Like you said, um, if you get full of cold, cold water really instantly, especially with that, with that bulky gear that's weighing you down as you're uh, trying to swim, so, you know, always go with the buddy. Uh, always prepare yourself that you need to shed some of that clothing really quickly and get yourself to safety. The clothing doesn't matter. You matter. And, uh, you know, have a good time. But, uh, you know, maybe uh, when you're when you're putting that fish in the bag behind you, take a little bit of extra time to make sure you turn your, your hips to the side and maybe uh, – Put that put that fish in the ice just a little bit uh, safer than just kind of you know contorting your torso, which is when a lot of people flip out of their boat when they're kind of you know trying to reach back and, and something really far away to to put that fish up or grab that rod that's really far away and and they kind of pass the point of no return on the uh, buoyancy part of the uh, kayak and, and and tilt it over. Always good if you can fish with a buddy too. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the Minimalist Challenge, Brendan. That's uh, it's still a ways off, but that'll be the first event coming up in 2021. Yeah, we're doing a little bit differently this year. Uh, the max spot is still 135 anglers, so if you uh, wanted to get into the Minimalist Challenge, you probably have, I think, maybe about 30 spots left, so you're going to have to get a, signed up pretty quickly. We have to buy all the lures because all the anglers are fishing with identical tackle packages that morning. We've opened it up to three different locations this year. You're going to be able to choose from those locations. Um, one of them is going to be a Golden, uh, Golden Meadow Public Launch, Topwater Marina, and then the Public Launch at Leeville. And so we're going to have officers staged up at all three of those areas with a, a shotgun launch at each of them, giving out the lures. And uh, it should be a pretty fun day. It's going to be a catch photo and release just because of the COVID stuff still going on. Um, it's going to make the way in faster, though. 
So you're going to get to fish till 3 p.m. and just upload your fish to the app, uh, Tourney X app, which we've been using as a club this uh, this past year. Yeah, it's always interesting uh, to find out which lures uh, you have to fish with. You know, it makes some people happy and other people, well, maybe I wasn't picking the right spot to use those type of lures. But it's always interesting. 135 fishermen will be maxing it out. So if they want to get signed up and find out all the details on registering, it's on the Bayou Coast website right now, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, the Bayou Coast website gives them a password that they can, uh, a member can sign up on the Tourney X app. Uh, you need to actually sign up on the event on the Tourney X app and search for Minimalist Challenge. Once you download that app, you just search for Minimalist, and it'll have the registration buttons with the PayPal and all that kind of stuff right there built into the app. And then once you're in, you're in, and it'll kind of show you seated into that group of 135 anglers. And as you add fish, it kind of pops you to the top, and vice versa as people add fish. It's pretty neat. Easy enough. Brendan, thanks so much for your report. Happy New Year, and thanks for your reports all year long. We appreciate them. Yeah, Don. Happy New Year. Hope you guys had a Merry Christmas, and uh, go get some deer today. There you go. It's a good day for it. Thank you, Brendan. That is Brendan Bayard, one of our two field reporters. Next week you'll be hearing from Captain Eric Mohabarak. All right, we come back after this. It's getting close. If you haven't cast your vote for our baddest of the bad boys, I'll run them down again for you and also catch up on our text messages. That will be followed by a hunting-slash-fishing report with our friend Captain Ryan Lambert of Cajun Fishing Adventures. All that's still to come right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, catching you up on our text messages, uh, Jeff Laborde, he's a trucker. He's living the trucker life. He said he was passing through, listening to the best show on radio. That's very kind of you to say, Jeff. Thank you for that comment. Uh, good morning from Mark and Clinton. It's 27 degrees. Have a good day. Yeah, out on the deer stand probably. And here's one. Uh, thanks for your program, Don. He cast his vote and then said it's not a Saturday without you. Uh, here's a kayak fisherman headed down to Dulac to see if they can catch some reds stuck in the flats out of the kayak. That should be a good opportunity for that. And here's a good twist on our bad boys of the year. Uh, this listener says, instead of giving bad boys more notoriety, highlight judges who make a travesty of game laws and disrespect wildlife agents. That's from Doug. And, you know, that's an excellent idea, and I might just take you up on that because I've Got some judges that, that really need to be uh, recognized for their their leniency, I guess would be a lack of a better term. But uh, as, far, as far as the bad boys getting notoriety, yeah, they're notorious, all right, but not the kind of publicity I think they'd like to get. And we're hearing from my friend Justin, the duck guy. He's working around the house this weekend, giving the ducks a break. Hope everyone had a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Same to you, Justin. And uh, here's a question from the happy bow hunter. That's B-E-A-U hunter. Uh, what did Santa Claus bring the king of outdoors? Off for a week looking for a swamp donkey. Yeah, I've been looking for one, too. Hope I can catch up with one sometime this week. Tuesday, I think, is going to be the day. Deer are in rut in my area, and it's a full moon. Boy, it doesn't get no better than that. Uh, anyway, Santa Claus uh, must have took me, transferred me from the naughty list and put me on the nice list. I got a brand-new pick up truck. Yep, for Christmas. All right, we're going to take a quick 10-second pause. Be back with some more of your text messages and Ryan Lambert's report. But first, we'll let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, run them down again for you. Last time you're going to hear them and get your votes in for the baddest of the bad boys. Case of the caught-on-trail camera, that's number one. LaSalle Parish, Joey DeVille, hunting violations, trespassing, drugs, convicted felon in possession of a firearm, 
looking at 20 years in jail. That's number one. Number two, Israel Williams of Bootee shooting on Bayou Gosh Road with a laser scope at night with a juvenile, and he's also a felon with a firearm. Israel Williams, Bootee, number two. Number three, Daniel Smith of Homer. He was caught with the rest of a team, including a juvenile with uh, night hunting, illegal weapons, moving vehicle, public road, out of season, illegally killing a protected bald eagle, a hawk, turkeys, four deer, and got into some criminal mischief besides. He's facing fines and restitution, $116,999. 18-year-old Daniel Smith of Homer, Louisiana. He's bad boy number three. And number four, finally, the case of the hidden bear collar. Took it three years to get it solved, but they stuck with it. Michael J. White was charged with illegally killing and concealing a protected Louisiana black bear, tried to dispose of the tracking collar, and now facing $11,900 in fines and restitution and 120 days in jail. He's 62. He's Michael J. White of Jonorette, Louisiana, bad boy number four. 504-260-1870. And tell us your case number, name, or case, and we'll add it to the list. And before we go off the air, we'll announce the baddest of the bad boys for 2020. Coming up next, it's Ryan Lambert, Cajun Fishing Adventures on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. If you were tuned in last week, we had some great duck blind action from Captain Ryan Lambert at Cajun Fishing Adventures. Ryan, is there enough water for you guys to get out there this morning? Oh, yeah, we have water, but we're not duck hunting today because we didn't want customers in the lodge on Christmas night. So uh, they have a few drive-in fishermen today, and tonight we start over. So how's it looking for the second split? It's been really good. Um, he, even the days when it was dead calm, you know, we killed, you know, maybe 40 birds. But uh, the last hunt, day before yesterday, it was calm, calm, and I had some children. I had some <laughs> just the greatest kids. I had a 15-year-old girl and an 8-year-old boy, and the birds wouldn't fly. You know, right at daylight, they go flock up in there, landed outside, and he goes, but about 11 o'clock, I wasn't leaving because I know when the tide was coming up, they was coming in one way they thought because it was real low. And they started coming. I said, boy, it was fun. Watching them, big old flocks of pintails. But being it wasn't, you know, no wind, I couldn't get them right in the decoys like I wanted. You know, dad balls and desert widgeons. We killed, we killed a good bit of ducks, but it could have been done with some wind. But when it blows, so- all that got birds. So how's the rest of the season looking for the for the second split? Do you think you're going to have some problems with tides doing? Maybe I think it's that first week in January. Uh, with the first week, the first three days in January, we got a big problem, and then from the seventh to the fifteenth, I didn't even book because we have like a negative foot. So uh, the only thing I could do if it's blowing, I'll go out about nine ten o'clock and we'll go fun hunt. But uh, you know, I just I just can't book it, and you know, people want to go at daylight. That's that traditional hunting. That's what they want to do. They don't understand leaving lodge at ten o'clock in the morning and go duck hunting. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I, we just didn't book it. So, but we're gonna well, hunt. We gotta, if the wind blows, we gonna hunt. Uh, we got a full moon coming Tuesday. Now I know what that means for duck for deer hunters. What does that mean for duck hunters? A full moon during this late time of the season, and also for the fish. Same thing, you know. Everything's gonna feed at night, and then about eleven o'clock they'll start feeding again. You know, they just can't go all day without eating. So 
you know, about 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, they'll start feeding again and start moving around. And, you know, I don't care what I have to do. I'm gonna, I am gonna. don't go just to hunt. I go to kill them. So <laughs> I'm going to stay and, and, and do what I got to do. You know, and that's that's what makes us successful. You got to know your, your animals. You have to know what they're going to do and when they're going to do it. And, uh, you know, that makes for a successful hunt. I think we're about four and a half on the river gauge right now in New Orleans, and it's continuing to fall. What does that mean coming up in the next several weeks? Well, that means it's dry up north, and that means that they don't have ducks. That means the ducks have to come down here for the first time in eight years. So it's uh, it's good, and the, the the water's staying really pretty pretty on on the on both sides of the river, and we we really doing well with the fish. I, I fished. Uh, Cody and I got into some trout the other day and really did real well. All nice trout, you know, 15, 16 inch fish. It was, it was fun to say the least. And I had a little voice, I guess he was 10 years old and I just hook him and hand him the rod. He was, he was, he was cranking them <laughs> like a can opener, but he was bringing them in. So he had a ball. He got to reel in about 30 trout and, and uh, I caught some reds and a big old black drum he caught. So, you know, after a duck hunt and you get to do something like that, it, it's, you know, it's Disneyland for, for hunting and fishing down there. So it's uh, it's been fun. It's been a fun season for me because we have birds. I mean, when it blows the canvas backs, you can't believe how many canvas backs we have this year. And the pintails, too. I mean, it's incredible. Lots of widgeons. I mean, this, it's just a great season for us. You know, Ryan, you and I have been working together for a couple of decades now. I think I've got you figured out pretty well. I don't think you get more excited or more satisfied than when you're taking either newbies, no matter what age, or kids out there for the first time in their duck hunting or catching fish. I mean, that's your real success. That's your payback. Yeah, and you know what that daddy told me the other day? He said, I called around and nobody wanted to take kids. I said, what? What? (laughs) How could you not want to take children hunting? You know, you you got to be safe and you got to teach them, but that's where they learn. I mean, you have to... You had to pass on the knowledge, and and they was watching me call those ducks, and they were just in awe of, of the different sounds and how the ducks worked, and you know that's that's it. You know how many times a child gets to get a quality hunt with those kind of birds? Even even the guy said, "Man, I hadn't seen this kind of ducks flying with the different species, and you know not just divers, but you know ducks working the decoys." I mean, he was good, but for them kids to see that. That little girl was beaming. I mean, she shot her first duck on the wing. She shot her first pintail. How could you miss out on that because you don't want to hunt with kids? That doesn't make any sense to me. You know, they have that saying, a kid on Christmas morning, but uh, I think a kid on a first duck or first fishing trip or deer hunt, uh, I think that beats it. I think it's got to beat and you know, not only kids, but women. There's, there's, uh, I think they they said there was three uh, 3.4 million new hunters this year, and 30% of them are women. And I tell you what, I've had some women on first hunts this year, and, and I'm talking about they eat it up. We, we're getting a lot more. And as you know, we're getting a lot of applications for that, Harold. 
<laughs> and we love to get them out there. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to hunt with uh, women and, and young ladies. It's, uh, I don't know, it's just a real pleasure to share it. I guess it's more the, the family atmosphere type thing. But anyway, uh, how did Santa treat Ryan Lambert? Did he bring you something nice? Were you on a nice list or the naughty list? I got I got real golf clubs for when I retire. I, I have something. <laughs> well, you to are do. the champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the champion. All right, but I got some real ones. Mine were like, I guess maybe thirty or forty years old because I never played golf. You know, I just had some hand-me-down clubs. <laughs> I got real clubs. So, Lord, no, no telling what I could do with them after the oh, season. Grand Ridge. <laughs> The Grand Ridge uh, Championship will be defended. I'll make that prediction for 2021, no doubt. <laughs> Lord, I'm well, try to have fun, Ryan, and uh, <laughs> try to have fun, my friend. We'll catch up with you again next week. And thank you so much for all you do for the outdoors all year long and also for coastal restoration. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you, buddy. Uh, when are you coming home? I'm home, <laughs> but I'm leaving oh, again next already? weekend. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. We came back. Uh, I got back in a couple night night before last. I'm losing track of these dates and times with holidays and weekends. But I'm leaving for Tennessee uh, this weekend, and I'll be back after that. All right, all right. Give me a call. For we good. Get you on the hunt. We got we got birds. Yeah, we're <laughs> gonna get down there. Oh, good. I'll be there. You can count on it. All right, my friend. Y'all have a happy right, new year. Happy new year. Yes, sir. There he goes, Ryan Lambert, one of our field reporters, one of our longest uh, field reporters. Been fishing with him on TV and radio and hunting for a long time. Very good friendship. All right, we come back after this. It is finally the time. Get your last-minute votes in for the baddest of the bad because we're going to nominate them and we're going to elect them for 2020's baddest of the bad boys, thanks to you, our audience. Back with the results after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, we're going to be announcing the final winner of the Baddest of the Bad. Uh, we're still tabulating votes and uh, got some text messages coming in uh, casting their votes. Uh, Justin, the duck guy, Dan from Mobile, says he's a longtime listener. Couldn't miss his opportunity to vote. It's a tradition. Thank you, Dan. Got Corey and Ponchatoula voting. Uh, we also have many others who just give us the number. Uh, here's uh, one from the Pistol Hunter trying to salvage a short deer season due to work. Refinery work sucks. Well, it's better than no work, and you got to have some source of funding for your hunting or fishing. That's the way to get it done. Here's a congratulations, Don, Martha, Chris, and Chef John Foltz on your 100th episode of Bayou Wild TV. Looking forward to 100 more. That's David Hubble. And we do have some exciting things we have in the can that you'll be seeing. Our Catahoula Lake uh, hunting trip with Full Strap and Stringer. Uh, Dale Bordelon, kind of a throwback duck call carver. Uh, Kenny Krieger, the second-place speckled trout record holder and sheephead king. Uh, we're also going to try to murder a murder of crows. we got that planned. Shooting Asian carp with a shotgun is one of the things, and lots of cooking features that uh, Martha and I have got put together with Chris Lecoq. And that's just the tip of the iceberg of what you'll be seeing in uh, season number six. We'll be starting that uh, in two weeks. Uh, through next Sunday, you'll be watching the 100th episode where we recap our 100 episodes. All right, Janet, thank you for your vote. Uh, we have, let's see, this one is Morning Don enjoying the show as many others every Saturday. Swap the paddle for a rifle to get in a rut hunt in Woodville. Have a happy new year and kick 2020 in the past. That's the Lafayette Yakker. Yeah, rut is a wonderful time to hunt deer. Good choice. And here's one from our friends at the Convent Hunting Club. Checking in on this frigid post-Christmas morning. The dog's already loaded up and we're going to revisit some land that did quite well last month. Should be a great hunt. 
Females lead the pack, not just in canines either. Their pack is made up mostly of very young dogs. The cane fields are cut, so the rabbit should be easier to find. Good luck to everyone in the woods and the water this morning. That's from our friends at the Convent Hunting Club. Hope to get you some of those lapins this morning. Beautiful day for it. Uh, here's one that says, uh, let's see, I spent a ton of time on the Mississippi River levee from New Orleans to Destrehan. Bike riding. Bald eagles are unmistakable anytime, day, night, dusk, dawn. To draw a bead on one and shoot it is horrible, unacceptable, and worthy of the maximum penalty. And at 18 years of age, hopefully this young man will learn from mistakes. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thanks for the show. I totally agree with you. Here's another one that says uh, the bald eagle guys should be severely punished. Another one says it's a tie between numbers three and four. What horrible excuses for men. Yeah, and then I had someone that said uh, made a comment about they thought that the the bald eagle killer might get out of it because they, his family will get him out of it because they have a monopoly on the gas up here in Claiborne Parish. Well, I'll tell you what, keep an eye on that if you're tracking it and let me know what the result is because we might need to give that judge some notoriety if they let him. I don't, think, I don't see any way out of it. $116,999. One to $999. I don't know, but it's certainly going to be a, a big case and should get a lot of uh, public awareness. Anyway, the winner, the baddest of the bad, is in fact 18-year-old Daniel Smith. He wins it in a landslide of Homer, Louisiana. Illegal weapons, uh, had a juvenile along with him, was hunting on a public road out of a vehicle. He killed a bald eagle, a hawk, turkeys, four deer, criminal mischief. He's facing a year in prison. That's 18-year-old Daniel Smith of Homer, Louisiana. He earns the title of the baddest of the bad boys for 2020. Well, next week we'll start working on the 2021 baddest of the bad. We get them every week. There's no shortage of bad boys, but we got a lot of great people out there, including you, the audience. Thank you for another great year as we head into our 32nd year of doing this show. We'll kick it off with a bright, shiny new year right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. <laughs> 